You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Hey everyone, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is Kelly Henderson, and you are listening to the Velvet's Edge podcast. My guest this week is the founder and coach behind the emerging woman movement, Morgan Day Cecil. Going into these podcasts, I never know how I will connect with each guest. And I have to say that I'm extremely proud of this one and the message that it's putting out there to women to find their true selves, to heal from old wounds, and to own their unique desires and beauty. An emerging woman, as Morgan explains it, is a woman who owns herself and her desires for freedom and wholeness in sex, life, and love. Morgan's work is a lot around healing, whether it's healing from sexual trauma or healing from betraying yourself over and over until you no longer know your own voice. It's about finding your own connection to self and a higher power and using that to grow the love, the passion, the desires within all of your relationships. We talked a lot about finding your own sexual mold as a woman and what that can even look like spiritually, emotionally, and physically. I personally really resonate with all the work she is doing, and I hope that you guys do too. Here's our conversation. Okay, so I did want to talk to you a little bit about how you have been just taking care of yourself within this isolation period and also suggestions you may have for any women listening who really identify with what you're talking about. But I feel like we just need to get to know you first. Um, And so I wanted to talk through, you are starting an entire movement towards what you call an emerging woman. So can you tell us what is an emerging woman? Well, there really is this new kind of woman who is emerging, and she is a woman who owns herself, first and foremost. She owns her desires, her desire for freedom and wholeness, specifically around sex and life and love and God. And she's a woman who doesn't fit into any of the classic boxes. Like She really doesn't resonate with the old labels. And she's reclaiming her sexuality and her spirituality for herself. She knows that they really do belong to her before anyone else. And so I would say the emerging woman is the one who feels the call to 
own every part of who she is, to do the work, the shadow work of owning her darkness as well in service to the light. Like that's where we're headed. Yeah. Service to the light, expanding her capacity to love and be loved and to awaken to these new depths, these the new depths of her own soul, reimagining life with God. You know, it's the full spectrum, Kelly. So do you find, because you work with a lot of women who come to you and they're in search of this emerging woman, like you've just said, do you find that it's more difficult for women in our society to attach to that? Or are we just so programmed in our, in our lives and in our childhoods to not think that way? Yeah, I think there's a lot of conditioning that makes it challenging for a woman to own her desires and to own all of who she is and to really, to really feel that she's connected to her soul expression, that there's room to express, to be self-expressed, to be fulfilled at that level of self-expression that comes through our sexuality. Because a lot of women don't realize that this power within them, their sexuality is so connected to their creativity and the gifts that they've been given. And when we feel afraid of our, our body, our, uh, the level of attractiveness, whether it's too much or not enough, you know, if we feel afraid to be seen, then we are limiting ourselves in the way that we show up in the world. And so there's mm-hmm. a lot of de-hypnotizing to do, actually. We've been hypnotized to this one way of being a woman. A woman looks like this. She should look like this. She should say these things. She should be doing these things. There's a lot of shoulds attached to womanhood in our culture. And so it's a process and inner work, a digging deep and reawakening to, it's not about the shoulds, it's about the desire. Mm -hmm. This is where I feel it's so important for a woman to connect to. It's the desire that actually leads her home. It's um, It's what lights her up. And for me, it's very connected to a spiritual path. Like We don't have to separate the two. Sexuality and spirituality aren't as far as East is from the West, which is how Western culture has treated it, puritanical culture has treated sexuality like it's something so opposite of spirituality. But really, underneath the veil, these are two sides of the same coin, which is a powerful life force within each and every one of us, and it's important to reclaim it. So, yeah, it's happening. We're beginning to wake up. Well, so I would imagine that if you have such a passion for helping other women develop this emerging woman in them, that you yourself went through a similar journey. Can you tell us kind of just like your backstory and why this became such a passion of yours? Yeah. So I had the experience, like a a lot of creative women, a lot of really passionate women have where there was... In one sense, in their childhood, there was a lot of beauty and connection and maybe even closeness to God, like an intimate, mystical experience where they felt close to nature. I felt really close to, to nature. I felt really close to um, the imaginal realms. Like, just there is so much goodness and beauty and truth in my experience as a little girl when I was alone. But then the total opposite experience when I tried to show up, even in my family circles or extended family circles or school where I felt 
that the fullness of who I was didn't belong. I felt very much like an outcast, like there was something about me that disqualified me. It was like I was trying to be human, but it didn't quite... I don't really know how to be human with the other humans. I felt way more connected to this intimate, sacred world. And, you know, I desperately wanted to belong as a kid. But I grew up in a family where there was um, depression and anxiety. And so the fullness of who I was as a little girl, there wasn't room for her. And so I interpreted that as there was something wrong with that bigness, that aliveness, that vibrancy. And so I learned to hide it, to shut it down, to bury mm. it. And and then I learned to express uh, my sexuality through the lens of a male perspective on sexuality, how to play the part, how to look hot, all for the the male gaze. I didn't, it was like there was a lens over my life that I saw my value and worth through a patriarchal lens. And my value as a woman was measured in how attractive or how valued and desirable I was to a man. And that's the way I lived my life. And of course, that had a fair share of consequences in terms of sexual trauma, relationships, and even spiritual trauma. Not trusting myself, dismissing myself, betraying myself in order to somehow win approval or belonging with quote unquote them, like the outside world, right. the, um, you know, even boyfriends or social circles or family. And so it was my own journey of healing first from depression, like over a decade of clinical depression and anxiety and, you know, being on some form of antidepressant from the time I was 15 to the time I was 26. And learning that there were ways I could be there for myself. I could actually care for myself, learn how to love and appreciate and protect and honor all these different parts of who I am. And that was a first that began as a journey of mental wellness and well-being. And then when I had a certain level of inner strength, I was able to then do the work of sexual reclaiming, the the trauma that I experienced through rape. And I did the work to feel safe in my own body and, and also to reclaim my authority as a spiritual being, like to, to feel like I could trust myself and my relationship with God, even though it was unique and didn't look like other people's relationship with God. And so it became also connected, like there was all these different threads sexuality, relationships, spirituality, um, even career and how I was showing up and creating a life for myself, providing for myself, all of those threads came down to it's safe to thrive, it's safe to trust who I am, it's safe to trust what lights me up, it's safe to actually have this intimate relationship with my own soul and to create the conditions where I can bring the fullness of who I am out into the world. You say on your website, you say the emerging woman does not fit into a box. Labels resonate with her less and less. She is reclaiming her sexuality and her spirituality for herself because she knows they belong to her before anyone else. Where do we get the idea 
that we need to give that away to claim it. Yeah, it's we get that idea from, I don't want to point the fingers just from our religious culture, we get that idea from centuries, from thousands of years of women not even being full citizens. Like, we were property not too long ago. Right. We were literally, we belonged, we literally legally belonged to someone else. And so in the spectrum of our history on this planet, like the amount of time between from when, when women were property to when women can vote even, or even take out their own business loan. That wasn't until the 1980s. Can you believe it or not? No, I did not know that actually. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. They had to have a co-signer on a business loan. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Wow. It's been like a blink of an eye. We get along legally to someone else. Right. So when you talk about, um, you mentioned the betray you betrayed yourself in order to belong. And you talk a lot about that on your Instagram as well. I really resonated with that. I think it's like in some ways, I don't even know that I fully understood that I was betraying myself in order to belong, but in order to make someone else feel comfortable or to maintain certain relationships, I 100% believe that as a younger woman, I did that. And it wasn't until, you know, in most cases, what would end up happening to me in those relationships is I would end up being betrayed. And it kind of goes into that whole thing for me of we teach people how to treat us, you know, so if you're betraying yourself, it becomes pretty easy probably for someone else to betray you as well. So what, what ways do you see women betraying themselves like consistently when you're dealing with women what are you recognizing over and over and over again um i'll share with you just one story from my own life you know in high school that really marked a lot for me like that is when this whole pattern of self-betrayal like really really i could see it so clearly looking back yeah and and then i'll share with you what i'm seeing in my clients today because it's, it can seem harmless or it can yes. seem like, right? And That's so what I think me, is so I scary back. about it is because yeah. it's, I don't even know that many of us recognize it until that's what I was saying about until I was betrayed. I didn't even realize what I had done or betraying myself or yeah. that I was betraying myself. Yeah. And so for me, it was, I believe it was freshman year mm-hmm. of high school and at the high school that I grew up in, I grew up in a wealthy suburban town and the coolest thing you could be was a cheerleader. Right. <laughs> and that was like, you know, you made it. If you made it on the cheerleading squad, you made it. You were automatically granted access to the popular kids. You're probably going to date a football player. Your high school experience was made. And the way they did the cheerleading tryouts was it was pretty much a beauty contest. Like the girls all got up and did a dance of some sort in front of the whole school, like an assembly. And then the school voted. There was a photo, (laughs) your school photo and your name and the school voted. Wow. So as a freshman year, like that was a goal of mine. I thought it would be fun to be a cheerleader. I was a gymnast all growing up. I loved dance. And so being in my body was really fun for me. And then there was the dance team and the dance team was like full of the nerds. It was like the theater kids, like the really, the weirdos, the freaks and geeks. And I was trying out for that too. And the dance team is where I came alive. 
with the freaks and geeks, I was home. And it, I was laughing. I had so much fun. I could imagine, like, my whole, like, high school career, like, turning this dance team around and making it something respectable and something so, like, we could be good. We could be really great. And the teacher said, you know, I would love for you to join the dance team and to be a leader on this team. And it was between the dance team and the cheerleading squad, and I was torn, Kelly. And then... At the end of the day, the the allure of being popular, the the pressure to be liked and to be desired by the boys won out, and I chose the path of the cheerleader and became you know the varsity cheerleading captain, and I felt myself die in mm. that moment. Like, and the rest of my high school career was very very different. You know, you talk about the betrayal that comes when you begin to betray yourself. There was no end to that. All the cattiness and all, because no one knew who they were. We were all pretending to be someone we thought we needed to be in order to be liked. But the theater kids, the dance kids, they had the freedom that I desired because they were already, quote unquote, outside of the circle. They were already outskirts. And so no one expected them to look the part or belong. And so they could be whoever the heck they wanted to be. And I look back on that and how... There is this pressure that comes when we really do feel like we need to fit into a certain box in order to be safe, in order to be wanted. And when you're on that like that line, you're wavering between am I in and am I out, and you double down on being in, and that costs you something. And But if you're just already out, so far out, no one's even expecting you to right. try, there is a world of freedom for you. And so I look back on that, and um, later on in my growing up, I studied abroad in Italy. And as anyone knows who has studied abroad, you're probably you're never going to fully belong in those cultures. So you get to be the crazy American. You get to be like the one that doesn't fit into the box. And so my experience as the crazy American when I was living abroad was this freedom. Like no one expected me to follow the rules. No one expected me to looked apart. I really could be whoever I wanted to be. And there was so much joy in that. And so for women, there's just such a tight, tight box on Mm. what we think we need to be in order to belong, in order to be be safe and who we are. And we don't even, we haven't even entertained the question, like, who am I? What really lights me up? What do I want? Like for a lot of women that I coach, that question paralyzes them. And we do, we do a lot of work together to uncover that authentic desire because there's this like deer in the headlights. Like I know what I should want, you know, and I should want a husband. I should want kids. I should want a house. I should want the career, but there maybe hasn't been a time to really ask the question, what do I want? Because there's also been this level of your pleasure doesn't really matter. Your, you are here to serve others. Mm. Your needs, your desires aren't as important as your husband's or your, you know, your kids. And so there's just been a pattern in our culture and our history that to defer, to dismiss a woman's desires and show she hasn't had the practice to even answer that question for herself. So, so with, the way that I see, yeah. Go ahead. I was going to say the way that I see women betraying themselves on one level, I see this and 
It's like women have convinced themselves that they should want what society says they should want. And they're white knuckling that and it isn't working for them. And, And so they are torn between, do I let this go and actually go on this deeper inner journey of really getting to know who I am, what I want, what's going on in my own soul, or do I just double down and be, play this part? So, for example, a woman may come to me because her sex life is a mess in her marriage, and that's like really threatening the, the quality of connection in her marriage. And so she comes to me because she wants her husband to be happy or she wants the marriage to survive. But the work she does with me is to actually reclaim herself. And we do this work to, okay, I hear that's what you want, and these are good desires, but I'm only going to work with you if we can focus on you. Mm-hmm. And and really, like, this is where it begins. Because at the end of the day, like, when we don't give ourselves permission to be all that we are, there is a certain vibration that is not attractive to the world around us. Right. It doesn't create the freedom for other people to be all that they are. And so the thing that we all really want is to be loved and accepted for mm. who we are. And if we can't do that for ourselves, like we're sending that vibration out to our kids, out to our husband. And, and so the connection is not going to be there because on an energetic level, there is this mismatch. And so getting clear with our own energy, getting clear with our own desires is the first step to creating connection and creating the quality of relationships that we want, to creating the experience inside sex, like the pleasure that we want, and to also experiencing the sacredness, our relationship with God that we desire. So this, yeah. So I want to talk more about what you just said about you know, our relationship with God and how that does tie into sexuality. But I have one more question first. I have so many questions about this topic. Um, Do you, do you see, uh, because I think this is something I've maybe identified with in my life, but do you see women confusing sex and love often? Because what you just said about, we all want to feel love and accepted, loved and accepted. And I, I, personally can say this for me I think I've identified this with a lot of my friends too in our conversations but just maybe it has been a way of the past and and the man's needs in a sexual capacity have seemingly been how we've sort of operated too kind of like what you just said Mm -hmm. so like are we are we confusing sex and love like are they do you see what I'm saying like what is the connection there Yeah, and it comes down to the way we see ourselves. Are we seeing ourselves clearly, or are we seeing ourselves through the lens of the patriarchy or the male gaze? Right. And if we can, because this is an interesting fact, like, sexually speaking, what turns a man on is a woman's body, like that visual stimulus. But when they did a survey and a poll, like what turns women on is imagining what the man is thinking about her. So do you see like there yes. is like a once removed experience? Like we're not even allowed to experience our own body and our own desire. It's all through in the interpretation of a man. Yes. And so, yes. And so the, the sex and love piece is really tied also to a woman's perceived sexuality and how attractive she feels she is to the male population. Right. You know, this is, if we're talking about Christian woman and this is kind of what she was raised to think this is the baseline of her worthiness. 
and um, what love is, is somehow tied to sexual attractiveness, and that is your deservingness, too. You see how it's it's devastating to mm-hmm. a woman's self-worth. Mm-hmm. Devastating. It doesn't matter who you give the power to. It could be anyone outside yourself. It is going to be devastating to your self-worth. And so that's why a big part of the work that I do, the course that I teach, Heal Your Own Gaze, is about doing the work to learn how to see yourself clearly. Yes. To love yourself fully. Because then and only then can you experience the fullness of what sex is inside of a relationship or even just on your own. Sexuality belongs to you. You can have amazing sexual experiences with yourself and to be connected to that life force energy and then to actually share that with your partner in a way that's really holy and sacred because you're two equals coming together, Mm. not one. And so in our culture, sex is often like the story of sex, the narrative sex is very male oriented in that it is, has this peak experience and it's about penetration and it's about orgasm. Right. But sexuality isn't just intercourse. And it's definitely not just about penetration or even about orgasm. Sexuality is this life force energy, this erotic experience, this sensual experience that you can have energetically. You won't even have to touch anybody. So, but we are, even our framing of what sex is, is so small. And so part of the work I get to do for women, which I love, is just helping them reimagine that story. And helping them see how expansive it can be and to explore that, to explore sexuality from a totally different angle outside the way the story has been told. That is so interesting because I'm just curious, like how you've seen women's sexual experiences change based on the shift in their mindsets. Oh, my gosh. So much, so much shift happened. When a woman can actually feel her own body and it's safe for her to be in her own body. And for a lot of women, that's part of the work is learning that it's safe to stay in her body when she is with a partner that she trusts or even before she finds a partner she trusts. That when she is experiencing, let's say, self-pleasuring and it's safe for her to be present for that experience in her body, she doesn't have to escape. Mm-hmm. She doesn't have to fly away into you know to leave her body, and so that is a big reclaiming of the embodied part of a woman's experience on this planet, the fullness of who she is. Because a lot of women they go somewhere in their mind when they're having sex, whether it's masturbation or sex with their partner, they're not present for it. Mm-hmm. And so, so when she learns that it's safe, that. This, this amazing gift belongs to her. She's present for it and she can awaken to the sensuality and to the way that pleasure can be experienced all throughout her body. And then she can share that. If she's in a relationship and she's choosing to share this with her partner, it becomes so much richer. And the experience like for the, the two becomes so much more. It's just because there's actually a aliveness happening instead of this mannequin, this plain pretend, this, you know, yeah. you know, when you're looking at someone in their eyes and you can tell if they're there or not, Yes, you know, there, you know, you feel it. There's an energetic quality to someone's presence. And so a lot of women have been having sex and they're just not there and their partners don't know the difference because they're not 
communicating. They're afraid to actually share with their partner that it's either not pleasurable, maybe it's even painful, mm-hmm. or it's just not turning them on. It's going too quickly, and they're not there yet. They're not aroused yet. Yeah. And so learning how to value yourself enough and your experience enough that your pleasure matters too is a, a part of this process. And so you can communicate from a place of worthiness. Communicate not from nagging or not from blaming or you know, it's not the man's fault. You're not you don't need to point any fingers. But you're creating this new dynamic from this place because you know who you are, you know what you're worth, and now all of a sudden he gets the gift or she gets the gift of experiencing you, the yeah. fullness of you, your energy. If you know anything about me, you know I am a massive creature of comfort. It is one of my top priorities in life to make my surroundings comfortable at all times. So when I found Cozy Earth, I quickly scooped up all of the luxurious bedding and loungewear that I could. It felt very on brand for me, but then I went on a trip with a girlfriend not too long ago where she could not stop commenting on how cute and comfy my pajamas were, which then made me realize they may also be my new favorite travel companion as well. Guys, I am not kidding when I say you will experience unmatched softness and smoothness with all of Cozy Earth's products. The temperature-regulating bamboo joggers and pullover crew add comfort and a touch of style to any travel ensemble, and their bedding comes in the most adorable totes, making it a super easy gift to give anyone. Discover your next destination for ultimate comfort at Cozy Earth. Visit CozyEarth.com and use our code VELVETSEDGE at the checkout for an exclusive 35% off and let them know we sent you when you're at the checkout. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Well, it's so interesting because I think those conversations or even just, you know, approaching that topic can be very intimidating to a lot of us because and this kind of ties back into the the sexuality and spirituality thing but especially if you grew up in a religious home or household I think we were taught from such a young age like there's certain restrictions around sex and you know sex is for marriage so there's just all these boundaries around it or like masturbation is bad and all of these things that um kind of make it very taboo to feel like you could explore the openness that you're talking about. So can you kind of talk through how sexuality, well, okay, two questions. This is a two part question. First, how, how do we get past some kind of programming like that? And then two, how does sexuality and spirituality tie into the emerging woman mindset? So, Number one, how do we get past the programming? Yeah. It's work. 
this is the inner work and you can do it alone or you can do it with a guide. I always recommend having someone to hold space for you, to support you through this. Someone who has walked the path that's a little further than you are, who can encourage you, who can um, help you feel not alone when you hit the obstacles. Because here's the work for any deprogramming, reprogramming. First and foremost, you have to activate the pain. You have to feel it again. Mm. So that trigger needs to be alive in the body in the present tense. It's there in a dormant stage, which right. is causing a lot of anxiety that you point to this or that, but it's not really this or that. It's actually what's, what's deeper, deeper down. And so number one, you need to be safe enough to be able to feel safe enough that you can hold space or you have someone holding space for you so you can experience the trauma again, like the trigger at least in your body. And then you interrupt that loop. And this is about neuroscience. This is yeah. how we reprogram and we, we need to interrupt the pattern. Because right now there's so many attachments, there's so many like threads into what sexuality is, into relationship, into our worthiness as women, that any one of those threads could tie back to an early trauma. And then the more you repeat that memory or that triggers that, it just strengthens that pathway in the brain. And so to feel it again and then interrupt it and then do some technique that helps to neutralize the fight or flight so you can go into the rest that you are safe. And so a good trauma therapist or a coach, someone like me or someone that you feel is very much trained in this can help you encounter that trauma, that trigger, and then to feel safe in the present tense because the truth is you are safe right now. And there's so many techniques to help neutralize that fight or flight back into the this, this sense of safety, felt sense of safety and security in your own body. And then from that neutral state, then you can imagine a new thing. You can start to play with how you really want to feel instead. And so, for instance, when I'm working with a woman and right now she's, let's say she's married, she loves her man. He's a very good man. She trusts him. And yet she doesn't understand that when he initiates sex, she shuts down. Mm. every part of her freezes and though she wants to will it to be like she wants to will her desire it just isn't there and so what happens in her relationship is that you know if she gets to the point enough where she's had enough like she'll explode it's rage before that she's just going through the motions and completely checking out right he doesn't know she's numb she moves past that to the place of rage and then after numbness and freezing, after rage, then comes integration and calibration. And so you can then begin to, to self-manage your own experience. And so you're not needing to disconnect from what's happening and you're not needing to cast blame on anyone else, but you're able to hold yourself through it. And I train women how to do this. And so we can talk about, okay, if you weren't frozen, how would you want to feel instead? And she may say, I want to feel safe. I want to feel warm. And then I'll ask her, okay, when you are feeling safe and you're feeling warm, what else becomes possible? And she might say, freedom. Like, I feel I can actually connect. And so we'll do, we'll do this work together. And it's really about repetition. But this is the basic pattern. This is the nitty gritty of, you know, how we reprogram our brain, how is that we, we activate the trigger, we neutralize the trigger, and then we imagine a new possibility mm -hmm. and we reinforce the good. We reinforce how we want to feel. And we may need to do that 
again and again and again until our brain actually switches over to the new pathway because they're finding lucid. We actually don't get rid of the old pathways. There's, they've been there since childhood a lot of times, like some of the shutdown patterns that women experience. But what we can do and what we can control is strengthening the new pathways. Mm. So it is about learning how to to really be with the trauma and all of us, whether it's big T trauma, an actual event like I experienced rape more than once, or little T trauma where some experience that we weren't safe in our full self-expression, you know, whether it was we were little and we were just exploring our bodies and touching ourselves and then we were ashamed for that. Or, you know, we're in high school and we dare to, like, wear something that's really outrageous or fun or playful or sexy, and then we were shamed for that. So those are also trauma because we got the message that it wasn't safe to be fully who we are. Mm. So we need to actually let it be okay to experience that again in some form, not to go back there and to stay there, but for the purpose of allowing the body to complete the stress cycle allowing the body to feel it so it can release it, allowing the body to be with the memory but not go into fight or flight. So you begin to understand that that old trauma isn't running the show anymore, that you have agency, that you have the capacity to choose a new path. Does that make sense? It does. It makes total sense. I hear so much in what you're saying too, just about this journey being such a big Um, or a huge part of this journey, just being getting to know yourself and actually asking yourself, you know, what do I want? What, what is, or who am I even maybe, you know, there's just so much, there seems like so much exploration into that part of us. Yes. And that's why like my heart really is, is so about the woman's soul. Mm-hmm. I want to give women the tools to equip and encourage women to embody the fullness of their soul expression, their authentic soul expression. And we need to work with sexuality in order to do that because that is an area that's a big piece of a woman's identity that she has been you know, cut off from. And so to reclaim power there is to reclaim power in a lot of other places. It's, for me, it's not about sex. You know, like I yeah. love sex and yeah. I'm so grateful for sex, but... I'm not a sex therapist who this is about sex. I am someone who is like, I want every single human being on this planet to feel safe in their full self-expression, their soulful self-expression. And here's the means to do that. We need to make it safe again to reclaim all these aspects of who we are that have been dismissed or discouraged or shamed or condemned. So is that how it kind of ties into spirituality or your relationship with God or higher power or anything of your understanding? Yes, because I believe that at the heart of it, our sexuality is connected to our deepest desires and our spirituality is connected to our highest values. And so I have a particular religious path. I love Jesus right now. As we're talking, Kelly, I'm staring at my Jesus candle and my Mm -hmm. Mary candle. And this is my path. Yes. But spirituality is broader than any one particular religious path. And so how I help my clients understand what it is, because if it's been so enmeshed with a certain religion, it's Mm -hmm. hard to understand what spirituality is. And so I think one of the simplest ways to reclaim our spirituality is to start identifying what are our highest values. Is it equality? 
Is it beauty? Is it justice? Is it love? You know, and when we can start naming and claiming our highest values, suddenly we're connected. It doesn't take work. It doesn't take, like, we don't have to make things complicated. But if we simply made it our goal to embody our highest values, we will feel more connected to that which is higher than us, that which is greater than us. It's just we don't have to work for it. You know, it's it becomes very, very natural because part of what separates us from God and this, you know, whether we call it God or mystery of the universe or higher self or source is that there is this, um, we're missing integrity. Like we say we value these things and yet we're not showing up in our bodies claiming or embodying those values. And that doesn't feel good. It's like our soul is like, come on, you can do better. Yes. <laughs> you can, you, and so, but it takes a lot of courage to embody your values. It takes a lot of courage to be that integral. But when we are like, Ooh, we become channels. The portal is open and love for me is like, that's it. It's at the end of the day, it's about love with a capital L and I, my value is just to be, do the work in this lifetime to expand my capacity to love and be loved. And that's what I want to do for my clients as well. And every woman who works with me as a student or just follows along on my Instagram, my whole goal is to help them expand their capacity to love and be loved because that's it. That's spirituality in a nutshell. Yes. Something else I read on your website that I absolutely loved was the sentence that says, the emerging woman is smart, ambitious, tender, and wise, and she is ready to thrive. And I I have started to come to this understanding of women because I look at all these powerful women around me, and the ones that I respect the most are not necessarily the ones who are just taking over the world in a job, but it's the ones who can incorporate both their tender sides, their caring sides, their kindness, their love, and the part of them that is, a, is that is you know, chasing after their dreams and is very determined. Like it's, it's both. And I think that is kind of the part of women that's so powerful is we can be all of them, you know, at the yeah. same time sometimes. Um, can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah. This is the the age of vulnerability. Mm-hmm. You know, this is especially in this time where our systems are crashing. The institutions that be are they don't work anymore. And so, in one way, you can look at it. One way the story can be told is that the the patriarchal or the toxic masculinity way of being successful is no longer working. And so, yes, women in the past have like adopted. a a man's persona or a man's kind of qualities and lost some of their softness and vulnerability because that's what it took to to survive in corporate culture or to get ahead. But now we're beginning to see that we need the wisdom of the feminine. We need, we need the, the permission to be the full spectrum of a human being. So everything, the tenderness, the vulnerability is the strength. And, you know, of course, the Gospels have been talking about that. Jesus has talked about that from the beginning. And it's the willingness to be with and to be so authentic in the areas of, quote-unquote, weakness that allows people, other human beings, to connect with us to resonate with us and then to also be willing to own your gifts as mm-hmm. women. Because a lot of times women are terrified to own their strengths. And so this is what I help women with too. 
it's safe to relate to the world from a place of worthiness. I really, I really want women to hear that because I think, you know, for a lot of women, and I was one of them, it was safer to relate to the world from a place of vulnerability. I didn't threaten anyone when things, you know, when my life was a mess and when I was relating to the world from all the things that I didn't have figured out and people could pity me, I didn't threaten anyone. Hmm. And a lot of women are afraid to step into their fullness, their their ambitiousness, their highest dreams because they don't want to threaten anyone. And so that full spectrum includes, like, you don't have to have everything figured out and what you have learned from your life experience, what you are good at, own it, claim it. It's safe to relate to the world from a place of worthiness. That is amazing. I think so much of this stuff can be intimidating. And there's another thing you say on your website that says she feels the fear that comes with being a trailblazer for others. And the emerging woman does not turn away. And that that moment of just knowing like this is the path that I'm going to walk down and it's not always going to be easy, but that doesn't mean it's not right. Yes. And this is how we can learn from nature because the feminine is so connected to nature and the way that nature does its thing. And so if you think about a tree, once it has its roots, the tree is all about growing towards the light. And even if there's an obstacle in its path, let's say it's a big boulder, the tree will move around it and grow around it because the goal is the light, grow towards the light. And so for women who feel this like awakening within within them, yes, there's going to be fear because we are the women of the pivot. One of my mentors says that, and it's so powerful. We're trailblazers. We're pioneering a new, a new way of being woman in our society. And so with that unknown, with, we don't have a lot of models or we don't have the, the, the women, a lot of women that have gone before us, our own mothers didn't get this opportunity. Yes, we are the, the front line. And so we're going to feel the feelings and that's okay. It's like so powerful to feel the feelings and we keep growing towards the light. Can you talk through some of the things that you um, specifically do with your clients? Like what are some of the educational series or challenges that you offer to women who might be listening and, and really identifying with wanting to unleash their, their emerging woman? Yeah, I would love to. And this actually connects with, how we can work through this, like the time of quarantine, yes. the great pause that yes. we're in, because the practices that I'm doing daily are the practices that I teach my one-on-one clients, and it's like some of the foundational practices that I return to again and again because they're just so good for creating the conditions for success inside. Like this is the inner foundation. We have to start here. Really, we to commit to being the queen of self-care yes. <laughs> because mind, body, heart, and soul, like the spirit, we, we need to, to really take care of ourselves on those levels. And so during this time, number one, breath work daily, non-negotiable for me is because breath work is one of the things that help us take out the trash. It, one of my Tantra teachers talked about for this life force energy for a woman, it resides in her cervix, and it's like this power, this energy, this creative force, the intelligence that knows how to create a human being in a mother's womb also lives there. And mm-hmm. so the all the trauma, childhood, your personal trauma, the collective trauma, the ancestral trauma, usually tends to get stored in our pelvic bowl. 
And so it's like a trash heap sitting on God, the way my Tantra teacher describes it, which is such a, a profound image, right? And so breathwork is one of those things that helps to clean up, to help us take out the trash, and so that we can become more open, so the energy can flow freely. Because when we don't feel our feelings, they, they go somewhere. They get buried. And so I teach my clients breath work because it's such a accessible tool for every single human being. It doesn't cost anything. They can do it from wherever they're at, and it's so effective. Breath work has the power to shift your consciousness within 20 minutes. And as a regular, especially in times like this, where there is such a collective anxiety and panic, a lot of us are taking on the weight of the world. And it's not just our emotions we're feeling, but if we're empaths, we're feeling everyone else's feelings about mm-hmm. it too. And so uh, breath work is really important. And of course, there's many different types of breath work that can serve you and can help you start to shift your own energy in a relatively short amount of time. So I'm doing that every single morning. Um, Really, I mean, there's so many resources I could direct you to for breathwork. One of the fun, most popular ones happening right now is Wim Hof. Oh, yes. I mean, he has a free app and um, it's, it's great. It's a great way to start. And it's always helpful to have someone kind of holding space or guiding you, even if it's a recorded recorded meditation is he the but one that gets in the ice baths yep okay i know about him. this guy yes wim hof okay wim hof and um i also on my IGTV, i have a five minute anti-anxiety guided breathwork practice amazing that, you know yeah and so and there's so much great resources out there so just making it a, maybe a commitment to do yeah. some form of breath work daily. Okay. And then the next thing I'm doing every single day is self-touch. And because right now, especially we can't touch each other, right? right. <laughs> hands off, hands off. But our body needs touch. This is one of the ways our nervous system knows that it's safe. A lot of uh, is communicated through touch. And so, you know, after your shower, when you're nice and clean, just making it a practice, whether it's breast massage, you know, taking some essential oils or oils and just lovingly connecting to your own body. I teach women how to do this tender self-touch to reclaim parts of their body that they feel are unlovable, whether it's their stomach, their thighs, their ass, mm-hmm. whatever it is, like their face, you know, a way to reclaim through touch. Because before we had words, we had touch. And it's one of the simplest ways to communicate to the primal body that it actually is safe and that you actually are lovable, that you're deserving of tenderness. And so in a time of this where we're experiencing more loneliness, that self tender self-touch practice is really important to be giving ourselves that oxytocin. That, yes. Yes, it's so good. And then another practice daily right now is some form of whimsy, some form of playfulness. I love the word whimsy. When you just said that, I smiled. It sounds so fun. (laughs) Yes, it is fun. And it can be as simple as donning a purple wig, which is what I've been doing daily. My daughter just loves it so much. But it's this, can you hear me? So my AirPods just lost their batteries. We can hear you. Great. 
Okay. So it is just that, you know, whether it's putting gems on your, those like adorning stickers, you can get on Amazon where it's putting on a wig or it's playing dress up with your closet. Like this is the time to kind of tap into some of these forms of self-expression. Yes. That you don't get a chance to when you have to go outside and you're completely safe in your own home. It's the perfect place to be a little weird. <laughs> right. Like to wear funky clothes and to, you know, blow bubbles or, you know, just making it whimsical. It's so much beauty in that. There's so much childlikeness that we need again, especially in times like this where it's so serious. And it, yeah. So the whimsy piece is I recommending it daily to all my clients and mm-hmm. I'm practicing it daily myself. And then tying into that is tapping into the imaginal realm. And this connects to our spirituality because the imaginal realm is like holy imagination, this consciousness, this high level consciousness to imagine a new and even more beautiful future. I I believe that's creative. I believe that contributes something to the world. So spending time in meditation, allowing yourself to imagine the most beautiful outcomes, the most, this is a form of prayer this is a form of this is a form of meditation, prayer. It's so important to tap into the imaginal realm because it's also a way of knowing. And in this time where we are being given the chance to slow down, we have this opportunity to tap into the imaginal in a way we just don't when we are rushing from here to there, when we're in our busy, busy, busy must get it done mindset, we miss out on what's underneath the surface, the sacredness, the the real like quality of the spiritual. So one way we can do that to actually tap into the sacredness in the everyday is through a practice of divine ordinariness, like choosing one task that's like an ordinary task, whether it's making your bed or doing the dishes or putting your kids to bed, choosing one thing and deciding to see it as your spiritual practice. So bringing so much love and attention and creating the significance by the way that you show up in that everyday task. Like, for instance, when you're washing the dishes, like making the water temperature just how you like it so it feels really good on your hands, Mm -hmm. and then washing the dishes as if it was like a baby. Don't worry, but the baby Jesus is how it was taught to me. The practice of imagine this this has holds everything of the sacredness and you get a chance to be connected with it. And so instead of just being like mindless in our activities or resentful of the, the things we have to do every single day, like it's an opportunity to actually experience God and the sacred. I think that is such a huge part of kind of what's happening right now. It almost feels like this hard reset our whole world is having to do because we've been going, 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 going. And then all of a sudden we just can't. And so then you start to notice the small things, the simple pleasures, even like you're saying this experience with the dishes. It's just like take these times and enjoy what is right in front of you that you just may never notice. Yes, absolutely. And then I would say... Another thing that's so important to do daily is to do the work of healing our own gaze. Mm. There's not a woman out there that I've met that sees herself clearly right from the get-go. Most of us have a lot of inner work to do around getting a lot of feedback. I know. 
I can't. I don't know what is the difference is. I haven't moved. Huh. Is it the cord? Yeah, my cord is being funny. That's a little bit better. Um, yeah, it's better. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'll start that again. Okay. Perfect. Like yes. <laughs> yes. So another thing that I recommend every woman practice during this time when she's staying at home, she's in front of her mirrors every so often is to do the work of healing her own gaze because there's mm-hmm. not a woman I've met that couldn't benefit from that work of learning to see herself clearly, really learning how to love and approve of herself fully. Because most of us are walking around with these lenses on how we look. Yes. We're judging ourselves through this lens that's not even ours. We're judging ourselves through the culture we grew up in or the society at large and what the beauty standards are for this particular moment in history. Or we're judging ourselves through the lens of a mother or a father who is toxic or another family member. So just to recognize that the way we're currently seeing ourselves probably isn't the real picture. And we can learn to see ourselves clearly. And that does take some work of going inwards and being playful. Like I teach women how to take sexy selfies, sexy soul is what I call it, is because there's a form of art therapy in this. Is really reclaiming our own appearance and how we choose to express that appearance and reclaiming our own image and feeling comfortable in these different expressions of beauty, of womanhood, whether it's like going for as the the seductress with the bright red lipstick and the cleavage up to our chin, you know, (laughs) feeling safe in that self-expression and then also feeling safe, like completely naked, like after a good cry, you know, when you're just so raw and you're just like curled up in a ball in the corner of your room, like, There's so much that can be done through art that can help redeem our experience of womanhood and then to help us feel safe owning our shadow and light. So I love teaching women how to use the sexy selfie and as a way, as a, as a tool to reclaim these aspects of themselves that have been controlled by someone other than them. (laughs) Right. Culture they grew up in, the religious, whatever it may be. Someone else probably has had a lot of like say over what you're allowed and what you're not allowed to show up as as a woman. And so it's doing the work of examining who have you given permission to? Who have you given power away to? And doing the work of taking that back. And really it's work that's ongoing because as you know, like we're changing all the time. Some of those changes are voluntary. We're changing the color of our hair. We're getting Botox or lip fillers or some of those changes aren't. We're aging or something happens. And so how we see ourselves in the mirror, learning to see that woman with so much respect and giving her a lot of margin to play with her appearance will create way more freedom internally and then way more freedom for the rest of the world. Because how we see ourselves is how we see others. How we judge ourselves is how we judge others. And so it really is a gift to not only your daughters or to the next generation, but to the collective of womanhood, when you lighten up on yourself (laughs) and you start approving of who you see in the mirror and you start allowing that woman to change and grow and see herself in new ways, then it gives all women everywhere that permission too. 
I love the idea of doing these activities too. And while being in isolation, just really making it a productive time for self-care, getting to know yourself, to grow as a human. Yeah, I really felt this call. Like As we socially distance, may we intimately advance. Yes, I love that. We can just every single day be like, you know what? What a gift Mm -hmm. that I get this time to reclaim, regain trust and intimacy with my own soul. Because if any of us have trust issues with the world out there, it begins with regaining trust with ourselves. With yourself, right. Yeah. And there's so much beauty in this courtship to really pamper yourself, pamper your soul, get to know her, see her as the beloved, and and really become her best friend. Like she is there for you. You can be there for her. And there's this beautiful relationship that can open up in this time. And it's part of it is embodied. And so like this self-touch is important. Part of it is the healing of the trauma. So letting go of the of the residue and feeling our feelings, taking out the trash with the breath work. A part of it is connecting to the inner child, that playfulness, that creativity through whimsy. A part of it is connecting to our higher self and our spirituality, which is like, let's all imagine together an even more beautiful world, an even more beautiful future coming from this, because that's a powerful prayer right there. Yes. So these are great tips for you guys to just look through, look at during this isolation period. Also, Morgan, if people are looking to possibly reach out to you and schedule some sessions with you or do some work with you, where can they find you? Yes, they can DM me and I can get them set up with my assistant and we can find a place on my calendar just to get on a deeper dive call to see how I can support you. And yeah, to not be a stranger on Instagram. That seems to be a place where it's a beautiful time right now to connect Mm -hmm. and to say hello. Yeah, I would love to support women. And your handle is at Morgan Day Cecil, correct? That's Mm -hmm. C-E-C-I-L. I'll link it at the bottom of the podcast description as well. But it's at Morgan Day Cecil. Mm-hmm. And if women are interested in the work of seeing themselves clearly, I have a course that is an online journey. You can go at your own pace and connect into it at any time. And you can find it at healyourowngaze.com. Amazing. Morgan, thank you so much for doing this. I, I personally really learned a lot and gave me a lot to think about with um, my relationship with myself. So I'm sure a lot of our listeners felt that way, too. Well, thank you so much, Kelly, for having me. It was really a joy just to spend this time with you and to feel right now how we're spending time with all of your listeners. And I just send out a blessing to each of them that this would be a time that as we socially distance together, we are also intimately advancing towards the fullest expression and freedom of our own souls. Yes. Yes. Thank you guys for listening. This is Kelly Henderson, and you've been listening to the Velvet's Edge podcast. I truly believe that every one of us has a little velvet and a little edge. So it's so important to remember that to be strong, you must be soft too. Thank you so much for sharing in those stories with me. You can follow Velvet's Edge on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, as well as velvetsedge.com. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join me every Wednesday for more conversations on lifestyle, beauty, and relationships. Thanks for listening. This is Malcolm Gladwell 
from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring.